You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete the Vet is here. It's Friday. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? I'm very good. Good. Um, the weekend is here again. Um, today we're going to talk about lungworm. It sounds serious. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's, one of, it's what's called an emerging disease because I suppose 20 years ago, you, you just never see this condition, whereas now it's becoming increasingly common. And um, as an example, I saw two cases last week. It's that common, you know. Um, we don't see two cases every week, but we do see, I suppose, at, at least one case a month now. Um, and sometimes we get little clusters of cases. What, what is it? Well, it's a, it's a small parasite, a little worm, um, that's carried by slugs and snails. And it affects dogs, and there's another type also which affects cats. So... How dogs get it is by eating slugs and snails. Uh, and some dogs like to eat slugs and snails. They'll actually hunt them out. They'll sniff around the garden till they find them. Then they'll crunch them up, disgusting as it is. Um, other dogs, um, their owners don't notice them doing that. But by, you know how a lot of dogs chew grass um, uh, uh, or just kind of graze in the garden generally? Often they eat slugs and snails accidentally by doing that. And what happens then is that the, they, they ingest the lungworm larvae in the slugs and snails. And then the lungworm larvae go through the walls of their intestine into their bloodstream and then they settle out in the blood vessels and the heart and the lungs in the chest. And that's really what, what then causes the problem. And they reckon that this disease is becoming more common because of global warming. So as the weather gets a bit warmer and wetter, mm. um, the, 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 it's it spread with slugs and snails and as well as that increased travel of pets. So pet, as pets have travelled more, they've carried this bug with them. It's also spread, by the way, by, by foxes and, and badgers. Have you seen cases of this yourself? Very, yes, we do. We see them regularly. And th- there's, there's two things that we normally see. And the, the, the classic thing would be a dog that was coughing or they had breathing problems. And nowadays, the first thing we would do would be to x-ray their chest to see if their change is consistent with lungworm. Um, and we'd also take a, a faeces sample and sometimes do a blood sample because these are the ways that you can diagnose it. And um, and if in doubt, we would give treatment for lungworm. There's very, very effective treat- treatment now. So typically, like I said, coughing and, and breathing problems. But as well as that, sometimes dogs would just have general dullness and reluctance to exercise. Like yeah, I, I was going to say, how, how, do, how would you know that your dog had this? Yeah, well, so I had a dog last week that just the owners just realised that he... he you know, he wasn't himself. He just was sitting around more, didn't want to go for his walks and, and was just quieter than usual. Um, another thing that the, 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 the lungworm causes, almost um, coincidentally, if you like, it's not the main thing that it does, but it, it stops the blood from clotting. It produces chemicals that mean the, bl- the blood doesn't clot properly. So you get dogs that start to have um, bleeding episodes. For example, one dog I saw had blood in its poo um, unexpectedly. And... I've come across two cases where dogs died overnight following a brain hemorrhage completely unexpectedly out of the blue. The dog was found dead and then um, a post-mortem was done and they found that the cause of death was a brain hemorrhage but they also found the dog happened to have lungworm. And so what had happened was the lungworm hadn't caused any other signs of illness but it had stopped the blood from clotting and therefore that's why the brain hemorrhage happened. So the, this is not to be taken lightly. It's a very serious condition. It's a, yeah, it's potentially very serious. Minor cases aren't that serious because, you know, the dogs that get the sudden brain hemorrhages, they're, they're, they're quite unusual. So, But the risk is there all right but more commonly it's just a, a nasty cause of coughing and and general illness and the thing is that it can be prevented 
Um, and that's what I think people should be focused on. And the, the simple way to prevent it is to give a regular anti-parasite medication so the, the lungworm doesn't get a chance to, to build up in the body. And the treatment for this? So treatment and prevention are the same, and um, that's using um, worming products that are designed or that have been proven to treat and to prevent lungworm. And, you know, th there are several that are available. Um, probably the simplest one for people is a, is a, a, a specific spot-on product that you put on the back of the neck. And so the people who produce this product have got a license that shows that if you use this product once a month all the time, you'll protect your pet against lungworm and you, you won't ever have a problem. Um, there are other, other versions as well that can be used. But what I generally say to people is talk to your vet about what sort of risk they feel your pet is under and um, the, the, the amount of um, prevention that's needed does to some extent depend on the risk that your dog is under. Like so, if you're, so if your dog's rooting around in the garden a lot, it, mm, uh, as most dogs do though. I'm most afraid. dogs do, but yeah. there are some dogs for example that stay in apartments that almost never go outside and, or, or maybe go on tarmac, the risk for those dogs would be very very low indeed. Um, and um, we'd also be saying to people just keep a close eye on your pet's general health. So if they do seem duller than usual or if they are coughing even just occasionally then do take them to the vet don't ignore it mm. um, I think the biggest problems happen when, when, when people perhaps don't pay um, enough close attention to the problem until it's too late so early treatment makes a huge difference uh, We're with Pete the vet if you have any questions for him 87 11103 We're coming into the summer um, Pete um, is it a time some animals get their coats cut back, that sort of thing? Yeah, you see yeah. dogs panting in the heat a lot, don't you? This yes. Um, our, our dogs have often have very thick coats that are designed for other climates. Mm. Uh, and um, that's fine most of the year in Ireland because we don't have too, too much hot weather. But on those sunny days, they, they do they can get quite uncomfortable and so the obvious thing I suppose would be to, to, to trim or to at least to brush out a, 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 um, a thick coat so there's less of a insulation all around them. I think also equally importantly it's just making sure you arrange their environment in such a way so that they're comfortable so making sure a dog's got plenty of access to cool shade and definitely plenty of fresh water. water yeah. Dogs dogs lose body heat by panting um, and that, that's really effective but they use up a lot of fluid while they do that because the, the air is rushing in and out over their tongue and so that means that water evaporates from their tongue so they have to replace that. So, so keep so, them hydrated like, yeah. like humans. I suppose the same idea yes yeah. indeed. Uh, we, we talk a lot about dogs but what about other animals at this time of the year? Any other issues to look out for you know with with cats for instance or other uh, yeah. pets? But like I said lungworm in cats is, is, is much less common and um, I'd just be saying if, if an animal, if any animal has breathing difficulties or starts to cough, then you should, you know, get it checked out properly. Um, I think a big issue at this time of year for cats is hunting. Um, I know my my own cats have started to bring little birds back, um, which is really quite upsetting. You know, they come through the cat flap with this um, bird's body in their mouth, and you, you know, you kind of think, well, all right, they're a cat, they're a predator, that's what they do naturally, but it's still quite upsetting because we encourage garden birds to our garden, we like them being around. Um, and so you can try putting bells on your cat's neck to, to prevent hunting. It's not always that effective. There's also a thing called a cat bib that you can get, which is, looks like a baby's bib, and it goes around the cat's neck and it sort of flaps around a bit. So if a cat um, goes down low, ready to pounce, its front feet get kind of tangled up in the bib and it can't effectively pounce on the little prey. So that's another alternative. That's a cat bib. 
couple of questions here for you in mm-hmm. on the text line. What do I use to stop dogs wetting in my porch and side walls, please? That's difficult because, um, you know, dogs will mark territory where they want to mark it. I would be saying that dogs shouldn't be allowed to do that from the point of view of everybody has an obligation to keep their dog under effective control. So, like, you can't just let your dog out wandering around the neighbourhood peeing on people's walls and front gardens. You're not allowed to do that. So if somebody else is letting their dog do that um, to your house, you should phone the local dog warden, and the dog warden will come out, check out your neighbourhood, and he'll, um, you know, speak to the people who are letting their dogs do this. One more question for you. Uh, my order, Collie Cross, has split one of her toenails. She's licking it a lot. Do I need to bring her to the vet? Yeah, that's a nuisance of a problem. Um, it depends on the split. If the split goes right down to the base of the nail, then unfortunately that nail probably does need to be removed. And that's a bit of a procedure because you'd have to go to the vet, they'd have to give a sedative or even a short anaesthetic and then remove the whole nail. So it's quite a big deal. If, on the other hand, it's just at the tip of the nail, there's just a small split, then it may well just grow out with time. Um, It depends how much it's bothering your dog and it depends how big the split is. One more. What could be wrong with our dog? It's like he's, or it has something caught in its throat. He hasn't got a cough, like a kennel cough as yet, but seems to have something. I'm not sure. There's lots of possibilities there. One of the things we've been seeing a bit in recent weeks is grass getting stuck in dogs' throats or in the back of their their nose because they chew grass, like I've said, and sometimes they Mm. they then retch and bring it it up again and it gets gets stuck halfway. So so it could be that that's going on. But like I say, a thing like that, longworm would be on the list of possibilities with that and and I certainly wouldn't ignore it. Okay. Pete the Vet, thanks as always. Thanks for coming in. Have a good weekend. Uh, Pete the Vet with uh, your questions there on your pets here on East Coast FM.